Welcome to Rock Your Brain, Rock Your Life, the only podcast hosted by a high-achieving tech leader and certified coach that teaches you how to use proven cognitive tools to rewire your brain so you work 10 to 20% less while crushing your goals. And you'll do this in 180 days. Hi, I'm Sarah. After decades of frantically overworking, never believing I could achieve big goals in my life and feeling constantly anxious, overwhelmed, and burnt out daily at work, I finally figured work out. I learned how to work less while identifying and nailing goals I never thought possible. I learned how to feel calm, confident, and a sense of ease at work. So if you're a high achiever who wants to achieve big goals, but doesn't even think it's possible unless you work a gajillion hours, or doesn't even think big goals are possible in any way, shape, or form, this podcast is for you. I keep it simple. You'll learn the neuroscience-based cognitive tools I and my clients use daily to work less while achieving more than they ever imagined. Quick side note, you'll run the risk of being passionately in love with your career. Hey, rock stars, how are y'all feeling today? I'm feeling super inspired. I just had an amazing weekend with my boyfriend. Yes, for those of you who've been following along in my romance journey, he's my 90-day lover. And we had a super fun date on Friday night eating one of my favorite foods over in Marin. We had tacos. And if you've read my book, you know that I love admiring and driving fast cars. So we had this amazing opportunity to spend a few hours with some new Ferraris on Sunday, which was a total blast. And for those of you who have read my book and wrote a short review, thank you. And for the rest of you, definitely check out my book, Rock Your Brain, Rock Your Life. It has my cognitive tools, lessons, and even a mini workbook. And if it rocks your world, I'd love a review and thank you. So today's topic is one I think many of you will relate to and suffer from because it is all about perfectionism. And I will start off by saying that I was the CEO of perfectionism.com. As many of you know, I had an eating disorder for a long time. And so the drive for perfectionism started with my body and then quickly jumped like a kangaroo to all the other parts of my life. And now we laugh in the Rockstar program that we're in perfectionist rehab because I have figured out the tools to cure perfectionism, which was ruining my life, I might add. So here are five common traits of perfectionists. Number one, a fear of failure. Number two, often a tendency towards procrastination. Number three, constantly scanning and spotting mistakes imperfections, and being highly critical of ourselves and others and or the facts or circumstances in our lives. Setting high goals, and if they're not achieved, this means you've failed. This is also called all or nothing thinking, by the way. And the fifth is feeling unmotivated or depressed because of being critical of ourselves there's often a tendency to wallow in negative feelings when high expectations aren't met perfectly, I might add. And often we wear perfectionism as a badge of honor. We tout it in interviews. We think it makes us look like a very hard worker because we're so meticulous. 
We pay attention to all the details in our deliverables. We follow our calendar perfectly. We have a perfect exercise schedule. We want our bodies to look perfect. We're perfectly smart in that meeting, all the things. And some of you might be surprised to hear today how dangerous perfectionism is. And I think others of you, if you suffer from perfectionism already, you know how dangerous it is, but you may not know how to get out of it. So this is what I've done for myself, gotten out of it. And this is what I'm going to teach you and talk about today. So here's my story around how I was conditioned to believe that being perfect was just how I was supposed to be in this world. I will talk about the cost to me in my life and how it was ruining my life and the steps I took to stop being a perfectionist. I'm now the CEO of Perfectionist Rehab. No more perfectionist ways for this woman. And when I do notice my brain heading down perfectionist lane, I have three simple tools I use immediately. So the message around being a perfectionist started when I was five from my parents. They would say things like, you should be seen and not heard. Not long thereafter, the message was, you should be properly dressed, otherwise known as perfectly dressed. It uh, looks like you've been eating too much toast with jam. You're getting a little fat. This probably happened at like the age of eight. You need to master the piano. It looks like you need a tutor to get your grades up. I'm not sure you should be hanging out with that person. Y'all, this conditioning was for every part of my life. How I looked, my hobbies, my grades, my friends, all the things. I felt like I couldn't do anything right. Everyone, including myself, was on a mission to look for mistakes and imperfections. And if I wasn't quote unquote perfect, then I thought I was a failure. There was one standard the gold standard, and it was called perfection. And how in the world would you even measure perfection? You can't, right? Yet you get on a hamster wheel and you just go and go and go. Until one day, like me, you decide to drop the perfectionist trap that is leaving you feeling like shit and ruining your life. So first, let's talk about what's going on in your brain. So Behind all this perfectionist thinking, remember, your primitive puppy brain wants to be accepted or he fears you'll be pushed out of the pack, which means you're going to die. And then we've got our prefrontal cortex, our CEO brain, which has a deep desire as a human being to be loved and accepted. So because who I was was constantly under scrutiny and needing to be fixed, quote unquote, I took on that belief and started doing this to myself, a double whammy, right? My parents and I were now on a mission to fix Sarah, quote unquote. I felt damaged. I felt like there was something terribly wrong with me. I felt like I was never doing things right. I was always wrong. I felt rejected for who I was at my core. The result of this fix Sarah mission was I felt so miserable and unfulfilled in my life and empty and sad and lonely that I turned to food and exercise as a way to feel like I had some form of control and pleasure in my life. I used food and exercise to quote unquote, fix me so I could be loved and accepted by my parents and society and friends and lovers. 
I strive daily for the perfect body, the perfect exercise routine. And then that spilled over into being the perfect employee and then the perfect entrepreneur and the perfect lover and the perfect friend, all the things. It was a way of me feeling like, see, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfect. But the cost to me was an eating disorder. I was filled with shame, very low self-esteem. I felt unfulfilled, overwhelmed, and burnt out trying to do life perfectly. It was exhausting and I felt empty. I had this overall feeling of unfulfilled. I healed a lot of my perfectionist ways over the decades in therapy, but I still had a lot more healing to do. And I decided when I started coaching myself 18 months ago that I was going to go all in on healing. And here's what I did once I had the cognitive tools I teach in the Rockstar program. The first tool is B minus work is enough. I started using and practicing the belief that B minus work is enough daily in my business, and it has been game changing. Yes, I had to feel the feelings of discomfort that arose because it was the opposite of my perfectionist A brain. I had the fear of what if they criticize my work or anything about who I am for that matter. I had to shift my brain to believing it's better to have something out there in the world than to let my brain's bullshit keep my brilliance inside my brain. This helped me cure my procrastination, which would come up because I believed if it's not perfect, it's not done, which is a lie. And this belief cured me of constantly scanning for spotting mistakes and imperfections and being highly critical of myself. The second tool is embracing failure. I had to use a tool that would be the equivalent of kryptonite and kill this limiting belief where I was afraid of failing. My brain truly believed that if you keep striving for perfection in all parts of your life, then you'll steer clear of failure. Oh my God, right? My sweet primitive puppy brain, what was he saying to me? This belief was going to keep me small. I was not going to achieve my goal of being a coach if I feared failure. So I started practicing the belief that I love iterating. Failing means I'm one step closer to the solution. I'm a master at failing. Every day I get better at failing. I practice these thoughts and beliefs daily until I was in full belief. Now I love failing. Next up, fail number 207. Let's keep going. The third tool I used is called intentional feelings. Because I knew that I was trying to act or be perfect so I could feel a certain way or could receive praise from someone else, which would make me feel a certain way. And often those feelings were to feel accepted, to feel love, to feel proud. So with this insight into my brain, I used our thought work tools where I know that the only thing that can create a feeling in my body are my thoughts. With this awareness, I started seeing that I have the power to create these feelings myself. I have the power to accept, love, and feel proud of me. So instead of looking outside of me for someone else to do something so I can feel a certain way, I took my power back and started practicing just feeling the feelings daily and having a talk track to myself that sounded like, I'm proud of how you showed up for your students 
and yourself and crush that podcast script with B minus work and doing it in 90 minutes versus taking eight hours to get it all done. Or to say things to myself like, I love how you practice unconditional love. I have a whole talk tracks of thoughts I say to myself that create the feelings of accepting, loving, and feeling proud of who I am every day. So first of all, I just want to say right at the top, it makes sense. So many of you are perfectionists because of what we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves from society and our family. We are raised in societies that praise perfection. I can hear the sayings now. Oh my God, this is the perfect cocktail. You're in the perfect dress. I'm going to plan the perfect wedding. This is going to be the perfect vacation. The list is long. If you think about when you started school, the entire point of school was to learn exactly what they taught you and then to regurgitate it as closely to perfect as possible to get that A, right? And then as women, our society has a definition of beauty and we're encouraged to aspire to look like that definition. And then let's talk about your desires, your interests, where you're curious, things that excite you in your life. Maybe you want to try a new hobby like drawing or learning the piano or try a new sport like tennis or running. Notice that if your parents, like when you were growing up or you had an instructor, was the goal to master the hobby or skill? It probably was, right? I know most of you are conditioned to believe that you had to be great at that hobby or sport. So then what's the message you've heard? Is it that if you can't be great, then you should just give up? You shouldn't even bother, right? Just move on. And what's most problematic is when we have this mindset about our desires and interests. And by the way, I'm not talking about if you have no desire to be a marathon runner, but think you should be like, that's a whole other topic. Like we're not talking about that. We're talking about when you're curious, when you notice desire and excitement about learning something or doing something. So think about what the message of having to be perfect has as a cost to your curiosity and desires. It stops them, right? And then I know so many of you start finding your worth and things around accomplishments. And what are other people going to be proud of us for? And I want you to think about how many times did you stay in something that you didn't actually like that much just because you were good at it? Maybe it was a job or a sport. Maybe you were playing the piano. Maybe you were playing the piano. It was maybe you were playing the piano or it was another hobby. And so many of us go after degrees or careers or paths that we don't actually like at all. Like we already don't know, like we already know that we don't like them, but you know, we think, hey, I'm good at it and I'm not going to fail. So I might as well just do it. So what I want you to understand is that underneath your perfectionism is your fear of failure. You think that if you can make whatever you're doing bulletproof or you can look or act perfectly, then you can prevent or reduce the chance of having other people criticize you for making a mistake or not fitting in with others' definition of perfection. And your brain thinks making a mistake or not being perfect means I failed. Perfectionism is a defense mechanism to protect yourself. 
And at some point, you probably learn the lesson that making a mistake or failing or not living up to some expectation imposed by society or your family or Lord knows who was a terrible idea. And so you desperately are trying to prevent having to face a situation where your brain thinks this might be true. But it's only because of the quote unquote story you're attaching to it. You're making it mean something about you. So if you make a mistake, then you're probably making it mean that you're not smart or reliable or worthy, right? I've had so many students with so much anxiety about work, and it comes down to this fear of doing something wrong. And when we look at it, they realize that mistakes are human and that it doesn't mean anything about them. But their brain is in full belief that mistakes could mean they will, number one, lose respect with colleagues or worst case, get moved off the team. If they made a mistake or something went wrong, they would have to sit with a feeling of discomfort, right? And discomfort can be hard for us to sit with. And the funny thing is that they're feeling awful all the time already, right? So they've made their entire life miserable for the one-off chance that they might feel miserable. So when you think about the fact that you're trying to protect yourself, you have to ask, what am I trying to protect myself from? You're spending your life anxious and unsatisfied and beating yourself up. You get to decide how you're going to treat yourself when you make a mistake. Are you going to have your own back? Are you going to be kind to yourself? Or are you going to think that it means something about you, like you're inadequate or a failure or not worthy of love and success? Remember, you get to decide. I've reframed failure to mean I just keep iterating and iterating. I love failing. The more fails, the better. Every fail, I just do better at failing. By the way, you always pass a pile of failures on your way to success. As you may know, I love Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla. And I always remind myself that Tesla was nearly bankrupt at several points throughout its 17-year history. Now it's the number one electric car company on the planet. So if you can change that quote unquote story that you're attaching to your fear of failure, then you let yourself have the opportunity to try to be open to believing that B minus work is enough. So let's talk about B minus work. Start by doing things that aren't perfect so that you can see all the worst places your brain is going to, is going to I would encourage you to start this practice by doing things that fall short of your quote standard of perfection so that you can see all the worst places your brain is going to go to that are probably not true. Actually, I'm going to tell you right now, they're not true. They're all lies. So when you start realizing that your brain was blowing things out of proportion, it helps solve the need to be perfect. Next time, be brave enough to deliver B minus work brave because I know you'll have to sit with the feelings of discomfort from your primitive puppy brain who thinks you're going to get fired or your friend's going to disown you or, you know, all those kind of worst place scenarios. So let's talk about feelings. Perfectionism is about trying to avoid negative feelings. The fear of doing something wrong or making a mistake is you trying not to feel disappointed scared, stressed, anxious, 
or whatever, because you made a mistake or you didn't do it the exact way that you or others wanted. That's the best news. So the worst thing that can happen is that you're going to be embarrassed or shamed or sad or disappointed. But guess what, y'all? You can handle those feelings. You can feel that vibration in your body. It won't harm you. And when you realize that you've spent so much time feeling horrible, right? Because you're a perfectionist. So you're feeling horrible so that you can prevent feeling horrible. You realize how terrible this perfectionist game is. And when you realize this, then you can just release your resistance and let go of the need to be perfect. And here's the other thing about feelings. When you know that those feelings you want to feel when you do the perfect thing at work or say the perfect thing in the meeting or act in that quote unquote perfect way, you probably want to feel accepted, proud, loved. And so the other best news is you can create those feelings right now. Identify a believable thought that creates the feeling. For example, I'm open to believing I can handle the feeling of discomfort when I send an email to my colleagues and I fear my work deliverable isn't perfect enough. I bet the feeling is pride when you think that thought, right? You did something difficult. You've got your back. You're amazing. So go out in the world and be a full badass human with all your beauty and imperfections. You can feel inspired, peaceful, fulfilled, and happy, but only when you decide to train your brain to let go of this need to be perfect. Okay, y'all, here's how you can take this work deeper this week. Take one project, whether it's, you know, at work, at home, wherever, and put it out in the world and complete it as B minus work. Notice the discomfort feelings that are going to come up, but see how this changes your life. All right, y'all. I'm so proud of you. You can do this. And if you want support to get unstuck, crush big goals, and just fucking love your life, you need to come join the Rockstar program. It's the only place I know of where we show up every day for ourselves and each other. And we're going to blow our own minds this year. And if you like the podcast, thanks for leaving a review, which will help others find this work. Okay, I'll talk to you next week and I love you. Bye. If you're loving what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come and check out the Rockstar program. It's my coaching program where we take these neuroscience-based cognitive tools and we use them daily to break through burnout so you can fall passionately in love with your career. So join me over at sarahmoody.com. I would love to have you join me. You can also follow me at Sarah L. Moody on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I can't wait to see you.